The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as part of the Armchair Media Network. Guess what? We're still doing draft grades as we venture down south, or as AJ likes to call it, I don't know. There was something there that... Was, I was scared there for a second. Yeah, no, that's why I stopped. Thank uh, you. So, once again, I didn't write an intro, but it is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the king of the south. <laughs> this is getting bad. And with me, as always, is AJ Bill O'Brien Marchese. <laughs> just reusing content now i love it uh i like when you improvise uh intros a lot more than when you write them so okay i'll never write one again then it's bad <laughs> my favorite is when I, I get you to write like back in the day when i got you to write it for me oh because i was because i'm sick i'm a poet yeah we'll, we'll do that next week i'll write it for you okay all right uh and so on that point we will grade the AFC and NFC South draft classes. So let's hit it. Oh wait, we don't have a song because AJ hasn't written it yet. Oh, it's 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 getting produced. It's it's written. AJ's um, it's in, in the, the AJ's in the studio with Mike Posner right now. Twenty four seven, yeah. Uh, got some special guests coming. And Mike on. Stud, both of them. Yep, I don't know. I don't know who those people are. Okay, the, the Mikes of Duke. Come on, and Dr. Dre. No, come on. Dr. Drew's got better things to do than hanging with you and the mics. That's true. It's bad. Uh, Okay, we don't have an ad again, so uh, AJ, go ahead and um, promote something that you'd like. Uh, Property Brothers on HGTV. Didn't they play in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game once? Yeah, they dunked. It was sick. I don't know if they dunked. (laughs) I don't don't know what's up with the Property Brothers, but they intrigue me. Yeah, isn't one of them dating... um... Um, ben Gibbard's ex-wife um, from New Girl, Zoe Deschanel. Yes, yeah. yeah. They, I bet are. I'm the only person in the world who would refer to her as Ben Gibbard's <laughs> ex-wife. It's probably true. Now that I think about it, I think we could have like an e-talk style podcast. Just of course we could. I'm, pitch, I mean, I'm pitching that now. So if any investors out there are hearing this draft podcast and want to give us a spinoff where we do celebrity news, please. See, that's actually what I was plugging there. That was just a roundabout way to get into it. Or, if anyone uh, needs some people to work at the port, yeah, call Longshoresman. We'd be great Longshoresman. That was our discussion prior to this podcast, and now we'll do the podcast for real. Hold on, one one more thing. Everyone already turned the show off, don't worry. Okay. Uh, What would our our e-talk type of show be called? Do you have something in mind? Because off the top of my head, I'm not going to be. No, I just tried to put you on the spot. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, oh fuck! I got nothing. We'll 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 circle back. The exes of lesser known celebrities, and like that's what we focus on. That's I mean that's good content. I know, like Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. Anyway, that's my transition to football. Good work. We, let's jump in. Houston Texans start uh, with the AFC South. Houston Texans. Uh, no first round pick. Acquired a second round pick though, because they got rid of that bum DeAndre Hopkins. Good call, Bill O'Brien. And uh, here we are grading, and I'm giving them a B minus. Hey, at least they got a good player for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm defending Bob. I, I feel like I, I keep David getting put Johnson's in a good player. <laughs> Sorry, I mean at the at the pick. Oh, wait, that wasn't even the pick. What am I talking about? I give them a B minus too. That's funny. Um. At least they got two good players at the first two picks, Rob. That's what I'm trying to say. Overall, their draft's not terrible. I think, obviously, not having the first-round pick and then trading DeAndre Hopkins also, like, isn't great. I, I didn't put that into the grade. Me uh, neither. And I, I just think, like, there's, like, kind of a stigma I have in my head with the draft class because of the other crazy things Bill O'Brien did. Yeah, yeah. I, I It would have been worse if I took that into account. But overall, I mean, they start start off in the second round with Ross Blacklock from TCU. 
Um, a good pick. Yeah, that's a potential first-round talent at 40. A guy yeah. who, I mean, they're just acquiring my favorite defensive lineman, Charles Amenehy, last year, Blacklock this mm-hmm. year. That's two guys who are, I think are long-term five-techs who can kind of move around too. Uh, yeah. For them, five-techs and three-man fronts. I mean, Blacklock can kick the three-tech inside the three-tech on in four-man fronts. And, and many Hughes got that versatility to still play on the edge a little bit too. So I think they have yeah. a like that pick just made their their defensive line more versatile, more athletic, more explosive. Kind of supplement JJ Watt as he deals with injuries. Yeah, uh, and, and, and they're also. You got to keep in mind they lose DJ Reader in free agency. Blacklock played a lot of nose at TCU too. I'm not saying that's what he's going to do because I don't think that's his fit in the NFL. But they did need an interior defensive lineman. Absolutely. Again, like I, I had him as a top 32 player in the class. Mm-hmm. Game at 40 is great. Oh, voice crack. Uh, clearly a need for them. Uh, again, that was the Hopkins pick, but yeah, uh, at least they didn't fucking bungle it like they've done in the past in the second round. It would have been really great just because of the way they've built their receiver core if they just drafted a, a specific like deep threat only there because that seems to be the only type of receivers they've been taking on lately. They they could have easily taken like KJ Hamler there. Uh, yeah, sure in, in, in reality, KJ Hamler, good value at 40, but, or like regular value at 40, but because of the context of the rest of the receiver core, that would have been an insane pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the third round, they get obviously my favorite player of all time, Jonathan Grenard. There you go, buddy. I'm and happy, were you? I'm very happy. And I think part of the reason maybe I'm not I'm not higher on the class, obviously, than you. Like, we're both B minus. But I know some people are really killing them. I think because of my love for Grenard, I, I kind of look past it a little bit. And I think that's a guy who instantly has a chance to compete for a starting job on the edge with what they've got. Um, Energizer Bunny, if he's playing opposite JJ Watt on the edge, like mm-hmm. I think he's nonstop motor with I thought the the maybe the most violent hands in the class after Chase Young. Uh, I just yeah. I don't know I I love him I know like you can cap the ceiling but he's not a bad athlete he's just not a massive explosive guy he's not super long or anything but um, I, I thought his his athleticism um got underappreciated yeah so. and i think especially when you look at how unathletic the rest of the edge class was yeah uh, i think that was something that like he uh, again not an elite athlete jabari zaniga's teammate was a better athlete but mm-hmm. overall like i don't think that's a problem i think he's he's an instant contributor and at minimum is a situational pass rusher as a rookie I mean, even for me, I was high on Grenard. Like, I had him 63rd on my board. So getting him at 90 is, is obviously great value. Uh, where do you finish on your board? Like, like 30 in the 30s? <laughs> I think 28. Holy fuck. Yeah, That's no, awesome. like, I, I, I was like, I think probably once a year I'd just stand a guy like that, and it was him this year. It was a many hue last year, so they just keep getting my guys. <laughs> it's funny. They do everything else wrong, but they get your guys. A many hue was, so, yeah. I think, 30th on my board last year when the fifth round. He should have went higher, though, like, objectively. Well, I mean, and you look at his rookie, like, season, it was pretty impressive, too. Like, we all knew he should have went higher. Like, oh, he shouldn't have slid. Anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah, they did They did well on the first two picks. I think that's two instant front seven contributors. They clearly have some sort of plan, at least, with their defenses yeah. to build through the front seven. They've got a young secondary. Um, and then the fourth round, they go off of the line. Char- some people really love Charlie Heck. I don't. Yeah, like I think he's a career swing tackle. Like, yeah, that, which I mean, uh, that's not a bad thing. Like, you want a, a like a guy who can stick in the league for a while as your swing tackle. But mm-hmm. I, I know some people are really praising this pick. Like, I think it's 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 a little early for me. I thought more fifth round guy. Um, he he. It's not like they're drafting him. I don't think to compete for a starting job. Um, so I don't know. It's fine. Uh, I think it's like. <laughs> worse than fine i think it's like meh to bad uh, but yeah there were a lot of charlie hack fans again i was not one of them so maybe i'm wrong rob and uh, maybe bob keeps proving me wrong yeah he's a really great evaluator of he offensive keeps... linemen <laughs> yeah, i don't i don't like that pick though that, that one that one knocks me their uh, other fourth round pick though they take john reed the penn state nickel and i think this yep. uh, earlier than i had him on my board but i really like this pick yeah, no, me too. Like, I, I think I'd read, like, maybe 20 slots lower. Like, not much uh, in the whole context of the draft. But, yeah, I, I like the player. I like the fit here. They um, have two J reads now. That's pretty cool. 
That is that's a good point. You know what? Just in general, this nickel group kind of fell funny. Like some guys went higher than expected, and then like Bandy went undrafted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and Amik Robertson fell to one one or somewhere in the fourth round. Yeah, exactly. It kind of like Holmes slipped a bit, right? I'm talking shit. Anyways, yeah, I uh, yeah yeah. Kind of just funny. Um, so it's interesting to see just who went. I, I again, I think this is a fine range read, and I think it's a he's going to bring a nice attitude to the Texans defense. A guy who he like legitimately might start at nickel. Yeah, like if you look at the the corners, I'm guessing Philip Gaines or sorry, whoa, whoa, Gary and Conley, <laughs> Gary and Conley, Bradley Roby are starting outside, and John Reed's competing for that nickel job, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, again, uh, I agree it was too early, but... And also a good athlete, too, John Reed. Yeah, no, really like, well. yeah, he's... A, if he's not... Like, I think he's going to be a developmental starting nickel. Like, he'll be a nickel by year three. Starting nickel by year three. Mm-hmm, and competing yeah. as a rookie. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what's their last pick in the fifth round? Isaiah Colder. How do you feel about him? Well, my issue is going back to how they, they put their receiver core together. <laughs> he's the same type of guy those other guys are, like... Yeah, he he's he's got a little more height than some of them, but like his thing is what he does as a field stretcher, and I I know he had some big fans. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that. I was pretty like I I'm like as a seventh round guy, like mm-hmm. I I like Quez Watkins more than him, and I think they do similar things. And then yeah. again, in the context of this receiver core, like like Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks, like those three guys. Are at their best as like that true deep threat, and then like you bring Randall Cobb into the slot, and Kiki Kuti's like uh, he flashed, he's flashed a bit, but it feels like he's just gonna fall down the depth chart now. And yeah, it, it's like they only have two types of receiver, and uh, you want to have a variety at receiver. You, you want to have a guy that can do a bit of like you know. Well, they, uh, they don't that have do that contested cash guy at all now because they got exactly. rid of the best one at it. <laughs> and then, exactly. but they did bring in Chad Hansen. Remember when Chad Hansen was supposed to be a first round pick? Yo, that was that I was never so weird. That, that was, was weird. so weird. That's like the one guy like I'll never forgive DJ for being so belligerently high on. Was he? I don't even remember. Yeah, that. he was a big Chad Hansen guy. I, uh, Taking never, my never. shots now. He's smart. Rip him for all of his uh. Hey, Graylin Arnold, why have him do that with DJ? I'm going to look around. But yeah, B minus, I don't know. I think those those first two picks and the John Reed pick, like those are guys who are all going to make the team for a while. Heck, I think swing tackle, Coulter, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the team. Uh, yeah, and that's a fifth round pick too. Yeah, and, and when you have a smaller class, like you should make those picks count. And like, I don't, I don't think that's like a guy who's making this squad on specials, so. They're, they're lucky. They're lucky we're Grenard fans, or else this would be a oh yeah, and Blacklock fans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, onto the Colts. I give them a B plus. I uh, I give them a solid B. Um, kind of fucked up because their final pick was like a home run for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, their second one too. I love Desmond Patton. You and you love Robert Windsor. Come on, this this is a home run draft. I love Danny Painter. <laughs> um, okay. You know who I don't love as much as everyone else, Rob? Michael, Michael Pittman. Pittman and, th- and you're so wrong. This is, I think it's a good pick, though. I I, I know I'm like I'm. I think I, Michael Pittman yeah. Jr. of all the receivers who went in the second round is going to be the most productive as a rookie. Uh, I think that is a good take. And again, I am lower on Pittman Jr. than everyone else in the world. He, was, so. He's a perfect complement to what they've already got there in T.Y. Hilton, and if Paris Campbell becomes what they think he can. <clears throat> And you get Pittman, one of the best route runners among bigger receivers in the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fantastic ball skills, just elite at tracking the ball. Really great through contact, can separate deep. I think like I think he's Allen Robinson, and I mean Philip Rivers played with a guy in Vincent Jackson for a really long yeah. time who was just jump ball specialist. And Pittman, I think, has got some of that to him. And I think that's just a home run. I love that pick. I think it's a great fit. I like like think obviously need so you you there. you like the fit better than you like the value. Yeah, you know exactly. I think it's a good pick. Like I'm not even gonna, I'm not even negative on this pick at all. I th- <clears throat> again, value mad for me, but I think the fit uh, is perfect. To be honest, like after Ty, they clearly just needed anyone there, and, so, and they need size and outside yeah. size specifically. Yeah, and yeah, especially with um, an eight 
well, we don't really know what Philip Rivers is going to look like this year, but you, you need him uh, to have a guy like that. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, again, I was a little lower on Pittman than everyone else, but... Uh, but you're wrong. Yeah, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm wrong, and uh, I'd like the pick, so... Um, and then 41, surprise, okay, first of all, surprise they didn't make a, some, there was some murmurs they would make a move up for Jordan Love, didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some murmurs they would trade back, and then they happened to trade up, and they trade up to 41, and they kind of shock everybody and take a running back with Jonathan Taylor. Um, obviously, not huge on drafting running backs early, especially when, no. like, Marlon Mack is good. He's, he is good enough like he's a thousand year running back um but just to look at it from the other way like Jonathan Taylor's gonna dominate behind this offensive line yeah like he's gonna be so 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 good there like him running behind this line is like it's a perfect landing spot for Jonathan Taylor he's wearing 28 like that's such a good number it's pretty good. It's, it's good for a whiskey running back. Too. I, I, it's um, going to be interesting to see what they do with the running back room because they've been like there's before Marlon Mack kind of broke out last year. Before like they, there was rumors they would be in for Love Bell. They yeah. they would draft someone last year. They didn't do it. Marlon <laughs> Mack comes in and runs for thousand yards. He's uh, again he's one of the thirty two best running backs in the league. Obviously, probably what he's probably a top twenty ish running back twenty five. Uh, yeah, and he's underrated still. And, like, Mac, Mac's a better pass catcher than people give him credit for, too. But yeah. then you got Na- Naeem Himes behind him, who's obviously a really good pass catcher. So, uh, I mean, between the three of them, this is a hell of a fucking group of running backs. Yeah, but. so I'm just interested to see how much, like, because uh, I think a lot of us thought whoever took Jonathan Taylor would be, like, the Derrick Henry, Bell Cow style running yeah. back. But now he lands yeah. in a spot where he doesn't have to be that. And obviously he had so many touches in college. He's not the the best passing down back. Um, he's got the fumble issues. So I wonder how how big a role he's going to take on immediately, or if by like week eight it's just going to be his backfield. Yeah, he like I wouldn't be shocked if Taylor puts up like big yard yards per carry this year. Yeah, with a lot of the running backs, I think you you mentioned this uh, last week with DeAndre Swift and the Lions. It's just like a lot of them landed in spots where you don't totally know what they're. Yeah. How big the yeah, what their role is going to be slash how big their workload is going to be because even with the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be surprised if he only runs for five hundred yards, but because of that system and what Andy Reid likes to do, like you go five hundred, five hundred. Yeah, no, easily. Uh, so going back to Taylor, um, so like at forty one in the value of this class, that's that's clearly good value, yes. refined value. Yes, it's just I th- um, and, and I think he's a money fit behind that offensive line. Yeah. Agreed. It's just, again, we're both sour on taking running backs. And it was just a surprising pick for the Colts. I don't um, ding it for them, though. I, I think it's like it's it's all about, I mean, future high school head coach Philip Rivers <laughs> immediately making an impact so they get him two playmakers yeah. who are immediate impact playmakers in Pittman and Taylor. Which is uh, smart. No, it's, I, a, it's a good plan. No, I agree, and I think they can. They easily think they should be back in the playoffs this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially acquiring those two early, and it, I agree. I'm not. I don't ding them for that pick at all. It's just it kind of caught me by surprise. But him behind that off the line is gonna be so much fun. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I hate the next pick though. So, eighty fifth, very Chris Ballardy uh, DB pick, and Julian Blackman from Utah, a guy who can play safety, can play corner, tough, uh, big leadership qualities. Tape is pretty <laughs> underwhelming uh, for yeah. a third round pick. Um, Agreed. I don't like he's not a bad athlete, but he's not an elite athlete where it's like I can develop these tools and turn this guy into a stud. Um, really good tackler, though. I, I think this he's just got a type with DBs. I yeah. think this is also, if you look at them not picking up Malik Hooker's option, I think there's um, this is a little insurance for that. Uh, and I think, uh, I, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if Malik Hooker's, I'm not saying this is the right choice, um, but if, like, that's the plan, like, this is the yeah. Malik Hooker replacement by, in his second year. 
Yeah, and I mean, Hooker's clearly hasn't lived up to he's his he's he. The issue is he needs to be put in a really specific role where he dominate, which he dominates as a single high guy. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of been like that's not been his consistent role with the Colts. So then you factor in the injuries and everything. Injuries, yeah, exactly. Like so, I, I'm not even knocking uh, Hooker at all. It's just it's kind of just been a circumstance for him. But yeah, uh, the Blackman pick at 85. I will say, like, it seemed like some big media people were a lot higher on him than I think he's a high, order. like, he's a high floor NFL guy where I think at minimum he's going to be a really, like, long term third safety who contributes a ton on special teams. Mm-hmm. I just don't uh, think yeah, the ceiling, fair. like, the ceiling's not that high. Like, I think his ceiling is average starter. Yeah. I, and again, you, you, I know he got the clear, but he did have the non contact knee injury in the Pac 12 championship game, right? Yep. So all of that factored in, and again, I don't like his tape very much. He's an average athlete. He's a fine athlete. Like, um, I don't like his eyes at all. Like, I don't know. I don't think he's very instinctual. So like, getting him at eighty five, I, I don't like that pick. But I agree. Like, he, his floor is not bad. Uh, and then fourth round, they take Jacob Eason. This is right where I had Eason, so I'm I'm fine with it. Um, gets gets to a team where he certainly won't have to play. He can be the third mm-hmm. string and never have to see action. He can develop like this is a great situation for Easton to land where he can Agreed. develop under Frank Reich uh and and learn behind Philip Rivers and they have Jacoby Brissett and it looks like yep. they'll be holding on to Jacoby Brissett for the season. Um so I think that that that's uh that's a perfectly fine pick. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it it's very good for the Colts that obviously they have all that like with Easton's talent they have someone to develop. And for him, he doesn't have to see the field for multiple years, like you said. I, and again, I think at 122, he's very much worth that pick. I, I like it. I'm, I'm cool with it. And I was higher on Easton than you were. So, um, him slipping to the fourth. I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm surprised he fell to the fourth round. Because, like, you know, he's a little, he was all over the place. But I do, I'm happy he landed with the, the Colts. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got the physical tools we're taking a shot on at all that point. Them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Danny Pinner in the fifth round. I like this pick, swing interior guy who can back up both guard spots and potentially center. Um, yeah. And just Speaking a really, really, tools. really good athlete. Yeah, that's that's another fun. Uh, oh, they signed Carter guy. O'Donnell and drafted. I don't know. The Alberta yeah. offensive lineman for those. I learned that today sure. actually. Yeah. That's interesting. It's cool. Uh, and then sixth round, they have four picks. First, they go Robert Windsor. Uh, Defensive line from Penn State. I'm not a big fan of his um, effort guy at times. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just thought his junior tape was better than his senior tape. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I had him on, like, the like 215 on my board. So, like, taking him like, 193, I'm, I'm cool with. Uh, swing this like D-line's so deep, I don't think he makes steam. Uh, yeah, that's quite possible. But, I mean, especially this year, like... Like he's a guy that could go into camp and look good, but yeah, with, with he's got some pa- was, pass rush upside worth developing. Yeah, no, he's he was like just a guy that like like some games he was on and some games he just yeah. totally disappeared. So so inconsistent. Uh, and then to finish the sixth round, I think it was three special teams picks. Isaiah mm-hmm. Rogers actually, I think a little bit interesting developmental nickel guy, tough guy. Um, but again, return upside too. Yes, and then Patman. Patman, it's funny because uh, my my comp for him was Zach Pascal. Hey, that's funny. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was makes sense least. too. But like, no, yeah, uh, um, just like again, b- physical guy who I don't think he's refined anyway, or greatest athlete. But special teams are his way onto this team. And, and Jordan Glasgow. And Jordan Glasgow is going to be legit. Going to be a special teams terror. I love that they <laughs> took him, and like he's already listed as a linebacker. And I think I just love that pick. <laughs> Uh, I didn't think he was going to get drafted, so it was exciting for me. Yeah, no, and I respect anyone who's taking a guy and they're just like, yeah, he's going to play special teams. It's like that Nate Ebner pick a couple years ago when the Pats took him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I gave them a B. And I give them a B plus. <laughs> On to the Jaguars, who I also gave a B plus. I give them an A-. minus. Okay. Okay. Uh, they start with two first-round picks, taking C.J. Henderson, ninth, and Clevon Chisson, 20th. Two SEC defenders who will uh, most likely <clears throat> immediately plug and play. Um, yeah. H- Henderson will chase on dependent on uh, what happens with who, Yannick Ngakwe. Who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, well, I, I can't imagine he's playing for them week one, whether it be traded or just sitting out. 
Can you can you see him ever playing a snap for the Jags again? No, and like I, I don't th- think so either. And the uh, the only reason I think he's still a Jag is because the COVID nineteen thing slowed any process of moving mm-hmm. him. Yeah, no, I agreed. Um, Henderson, uh, I mean, it's not shocking, and I maybe a, a like a smidge high, but I, I mean, it was a smart pick. It's a guy they got to get on the back end. Their secondary just fell it, apart so quickly. In in the fall off between uh, him and Okuda. Is less so than the fall off between him and the next guy, and t- it was Terrell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. like you have to reach a bit on to, to end up with CJ Henderson. I think we all knew that the physical upside, like his ceiling, is so high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, plug and play, and he's wearing twenty one. Like that's sick. That's sick. Uh, and then Chase on is a lot like Yannick Ngakwe in terms of really explosive athletic pass rusher with bend. Uh, Chison, the interesting thing is whether he'll actually be a full-time edge guy, mm, yeah, or if maybe he's playing some like actual linebacker because he's wearing forty-five. He's listed as a linebacker, uh, but Josh Allen was kind of the same thing last year. Remember all the discussions yep. we had about oh maybe they'll use him in multiple ways with Telvin Smith gone, and he's wearing forty-one, and but <laughs> and then he just played edge the whole year and was awesome. So that's it's hard to diagnose. Yes. At minimum, Chason's, I think, going to be a pass rushing tear on passing downs for them. Yeah, I, I love them getting him at 20. And again, with the Ngakwe situation, uh, Edge was very much a need. Uh, and like pairing him with, with Josh Allen, that's a lot of fun. Um, Versatility, it, athleticism, big motors. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Second round, they, they get Gardner Minshew, a weapon, with uh, LaVisca Chennault. Uh, he fell because mainly because of the injuries. I would I would assume. Yep. I love yep. this. I love this be, Me too. because getting him with DJ Chark on the outside and DD Westbrook at the X. Like I think that's a, that's a fun trio. Chanel gives you some versatility in how you can use him. You move him around like playing jumbo slot. You can yep. line him up all over the place. Just get the ball in his hands and let him do some yak damage. As long as he's healthy, that's really fun. Like even like line him up at running back. Yeah, and it feels like they haven't had any of these type of gadgety guys uh, in the last couple of years. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they use Chanel. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree uh, pairing him with Chark and Westbrook. And, again, I, I've been very much like, uh, like in favor of him. Like I think he can develop into a legit, like just like a good wide receiver, even outside of all the other gadgety things that he does very well. And like you said, I think potentially playing running back, wildcat quarterback, all that crazy yeah, shit. I just think that's a bonus. I'm not saying like he has to be a gadget oh. player. I'm not. I'm not arguing you. I'm just saying in general. I like his upside as a pure wide receiver, and like uh, I like this pick a lot. It's gonna be really fun just to see how they use him. And then third round, they get Devon Hamilton to replace Marcel Darius. I love this. I like the fit. fit. Yeah, me it was too. A slightly earlier than I would have taken him, but the fit's really good and he's really safe. Yeah, exactly. Like in reality, I I think I had Hamilton. Here, I'll check. I had him like around 100, 108, I think. Um, and they needed so to like, come away with a safe hit at interior defensive line because yes like obviously obviously uh like Taven Bryant's flashed a little bit but like that's a big question mark yeah and then after him it's like Aubrey Jones is a a Mm -hmm. rotational interior defensive lineman but like he's your next best guy yeah exactly like so I'm like completely fine at 73 taking a a Sean Devon Hamilton like also, I think he's got some upside to him, and he's super safe. So and, and like just a really good locker room guy to have, which I think you need. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, again, I, I we've been talking about like when you're rebuilding this Jags, I want them to take high character guys, especially on that defense side of the ball. And which, from everything we've heard, every every like Chase Nashville and Hamilton are all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. then fourth round Ben Barge. I love this pick because I think this is a guy who either can compete at tackle or guard. Yep. Uh, yep. Depending where you favor him, um, I I think like his feet are, are are sweet that it makes up for some of that length question. I think he he can be a tackle in the NFL. I think mm-hmm. honestly, kicking Cam Robinson inside might be the best move for this offensive line. That's I see. I don't know how I feel. I think either I agree with you though. I think you could play tackle or guard in the NFL. And I think either way, you're happy with getting him at one sixteen. Uh, They've talked a lot about kicking Cam Robinson inside. It's just, like, do you think Barch can play the left side in the NFL? I guess it doesn't really matter. I, right? I like to me at this point, you you have to get rid of that kind of line of thinking. I think you can play tackle. So yeah, and like yeah. obviously he played left tackle at St. John's, and I just like I think Cam Robinson would be a better guard. 
then mm-hmm. like like uh, for the most part AJ can's kind of the open spot on that offensive line so if you kick Cam Robinson to the left guard I think Cam Robinson can be like a clutch ASMLA type yeah just mauling guard and then Ben Barch compete a left tackle and I, I think that would just make the better, the offensive line better in totality I, like I don't even hate AJ Can like he's fine like I, like to be honest this this offensive line has gotten a lot better the last what two seasons the, now the tackles are still the issue but yeah but I, at least they have talent there right but again like I just think Cam Robinson's upside at Garden like Jawan Taylor had an up and down rookie year I know it was his rookie mm-hmm. year with lots of penalties um, yeah and I don't know I just I really like Ben Barge. Me too. Uh, I think that's a great pick. Uh, to finish the fourth round, Josiah Scott, uh, nickel from Michigan State, and Jack Quarterman, linebacker from Miami. I think Scott's a developmental starting nickel. Doesn't have to play because they have DJ Hayden. Um, <laughs> they also have Perry Nickerson, baby. Um, oh, boy. And then Shaq Quarterman, uh, I think, is a special teams guy who can, who could p- potentially uh, play some Sam. I, I like the Scott pick a lot. Again, they just need more talent on, on in the secondary. Uh, not a huge fan of this, the Quarterman pick, but... Whatever. Keep him in state. That's what I say. And you love yeah, this I next pick. Doing... You love their fifth round. Daniel Thomas, I the do. safety from Auburn. Colin Johnson, the receiver from Texas. Daniel Thomas is going to be, like, legit. I could see him seeing some some time on the in, on defense. Like, yeah, not just it's... being a special team star. Uh, again, yeah, I think his, <laughs> he's going to be a great special teams player. But they, they definitely have uh, some room to, to, like, they need safeties. Like, Ronnie Harrison is the only like sure thing at all there so I, I think you can definitely see him and yeah again he's best around the line of scrimmage uh but yeah special teams ace and then colin johnson the fifth i think that's great value uh even not the highest on him. adding some size to your receiver room yeah. too just yeah, massive sure. guy um doesn't have to have a big role either can be your fifth receiver yeah they have kind of a crowded room of unproven receivers with upside outside of dj chark is the only true proven one and even then, it's it's. I love DJ Chark. It's but it's only been one year. What DJ DJ Chark in year two at a thousand yards? And you're unsure. I love you made DJ a Pro Chark. Bowl, but like you make I, it I, sound like he's not proven. It's not like he's unproven. It's That's just a like bad he's, take. He's very good. I love DJ. I was higher on DJ Chark than you were. You had then a great year. I'm just saying. It's I, only one year though. I'm just saying he's not. A, he's he's clearly a starting NFL receiver. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not shitting on him. Yeah, he is. I'm agreeing. You just, just, you just said he's unproven. I didn't say that. I just said it was only one year. It's okay, I'm moving on because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Jake Luton in the sixth round. Uh, I mean, probably doesn't make this team. They brought in Mike Clunn uh, the other day. Yeah, that's that weird. Jake uh, Luton. I like him, but um, I don't know. I think Josh Dobbs probably locked in as your QB, too. Practice squad. And then Tyler Davis was a like one of the most surprising picks of the whole draft. Mm-hmm. Blocking tight end from Georgia Tech. And then Chris Claybrooks, um, uh, another nickel guy from Memphis. We know they love tight ends, though. So It's true. Chris Claybrooks is wearing number seven. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> Sorry, he's already cut. <laughs> That's mean. Uh, and then uh, on to the final team of the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. I gave them a B. I also gave them a B. I don't. I mean, twenty. It's a B bordering on B minus. Good. Good. I love one pick, and good fits the rest of the way. Like Isaiah Wilson at twenty nine was a reach, um, big time. But this is his best landing spot. Yeah, exactly. The fit is fit is great. Like again, it wasn't shocking at all, and the fit makes sense. Again, I, I agreed with it was too early, but. Whatever. I, like, he's, gonna, I, he's probably going to end up their starting right tackle immediately. I, I would exactly. think he's going to start over Dennis Kelly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, if you're a tight end's brass, you hope so. I mean, uh. he, and, and he's not that different when you think of it from um, Jack Driscoll. And by Jack Driscoll, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> who, who are you trying to say? The right Jack, Jack Conklin? Jack Conklin. Thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, in, in terms of like not great pass blocker, but really yeah. big physical run blocker, um, who might be a better fit at guard. But uh, so <laughs> I like I think it's a good fit. I it was Agreed. way way too early for me though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But we knew he was like gonna go close to the first round or in the first round. So like whatever. Uh, and but sixty first they get Christian Fulton, which is 
an amazing pick at 61. Yeah, this is money. Top top 40 consensus guy. Um, I think he's 31 for me. Mm-hmm. Corner was a need. Adoree Jackson's been very up and down. Malcolm Butler's contract looks bad. Uh, Logan, Logan, Logan Ryan's, Ryan's a free agent and gone, probably. Fulton, I think, can play nickel, too. So, like, I think Fulton's hitting the field as a rookie, like, almost immediately with that corner in the back room. Uh, agree. And to get, like, a player of his caliber at 61, again, he was 33 for me. And uh, a guy that I just think is really safe. That's a yeah. That's a great, great pick. Really high floor. And a position of need, for that matter, like we talked about. Yeah. yeah. Really high floor, just... Such a gifted technician and press man, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's again exactly what they need. Um, I, I'm still surprised he he slid. There was murmurs about it though. Like we saw some of the yeah. big media guys being like, "Oh, why do you have Christian Fulton in your mock draft?" Like things like that. Yeah. So sixty one even seems. Anyways, let's yeah, sixty one is really late though. Yeah. Especially when like Damon Arnett's going nineteen. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that was the corners in general were were one of the weirder positions, which we did expect. We knew, yeah, exactly. But like, like if you were to tell me that like if Fulton fell, I would even think like it would would have stopped at the late forties. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. Ninety uh, third, they go running back because they love them. Darrington Evans from <laughs> Appalachian State. Who, it's fun. It's a good fit if they're gonna actually use him and not run Derrick Henry into the ground. They're not going to though, prof. <laughs> That's the, the, issue. the one thing is what Darrington Evans uh, in his best role in my mind is a satellite back who mm-hmm. can change be a uh, change of pace runner who hits some home runs, catch the ball pretty well in the backfield, return man upside. Which if you look at obviously the history of the Patriots, like they love that type of running back behind their yep. their their one. So I, I think if that's the kind of the way Mike Vrabel's looking at it, the it's interesting, and then it also gives them some, um, s- some insurance if they don't bring Derrick Henry back next year. Well, yeah, um, I love the pit. Like, sorry, I love the fit, and again, it, it does. I do wonder if they use him correctly, and they clearly had nothing behind Derrick Henry, so the pick just makes a lot of sense. And like you said, if they use him in that way, that's that's great. I could see him being. Again, I'm just worried they don't use him and they just pound Derrick Henry into the ground. But if if they get him on the field in the right moments and you know get the ball in his hands at the right time, like I think he could be pretty impactful. And then the, the, to finish it up, uh, Lorel Murchison, the defensive lineman from NC State, Cole McDonald, the quarterback from Hawaii, and Chris Jackson, the corner from Marshall. Murchison's interesting because that it was a bit of a need, and I think he could find a pass rushing role. Mer- like Murchison was a guy I'm low key surprised slid this far. Yeah, I thought I didn't think he'd get out of the fourth round. Like there was me neither. Yeah, he he's a really um like athletic pass rusher who mm-hmm. who flashed like the flashes were bright at NC State. It was just inconsistent. Um, and that's why I think like on, on passing down we could he could see a role of him and Jeffrey Simmons are rushing from the interior together. Yeah, I like the pick, and then. Uh, Cole McDonald, they, 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 I'm not going to lie, they got a bit of a bump in the grade because of the Cole McDonald pick. Their biggest worry is that the, the quarterbacks behind Ryan Tannehill are Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. Like, My two favorite quarterbacks. Like, yeah. Cole McDonald's a guy who needs multiple years before being like a true quarterback <laughs> too, maybe. He, he might need a year to even uh, play in the preseason. Like the, Titans, the Titans might be a team looking to bring in a veteran quarterback. Hey, Jacoby uh, Brissett might make sense. He's on the Colts. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I don't think so either. Geno so. Smith. I'll throw that one out there. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's bring Geno back to the, into the league. <laughs> okay, on to the NFC South, where we've got the Atlanta Falcons. AJ's uh, favorite team. Um, because yep. the Dan Quincy Hawk ties and because of the Guelph ties uh, with Thomas Dimitrov. It, it, it is true. I do love those two things, and they usually take players I uh, I love. And, and, and they have they, they have they have Kurt Benkert too. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why my QB won a couple years ago. <laughs> that was dark. Um. Anyway, wow. <laughs> I don't like this draft very much, Rob. I'm going to come clean and say that. I give I, I, I give him a C plus. Oh, me too. Okay, I thought it was going to be lower than you. Um. Let's start in the first round. At 16, A.J. Terrell. Big reach. Uh, big reach. We, yeah. knew, we knew it was probably going to come, though. 
we knew it was like he was gonna go nineteenth at the worst, probably. So like, or at the highest, I guess. Anyone they higher. but uh, they also have a history of betting on athletic upsets. Yes. Like they draft a certain way, and the the way their draft plays out is very much how they've drafted in the past as well. For sure. I mean, and again, that's usually why I like the guys. And I think they just reached this year, and it didn't it didn't feel right. Like, it, it, anyways, we'll get into it. Like the the Terrell pick makes sense. Like he, he fits them very much. They have a big need at corner. Obviously, he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna be playing. He's gonna, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, him and him and Isaiah Oliver are probably the outside corners. Speaking of uh, <laughs> typical Falcons drafting, yeah. And uh, again, I don't know how good you feel about. Playing week those two one, uh, yeah, especially Terrell week one. Like he's got major upside, of course, with the athleticism and the length. But yeah. like there, ah, the other thing is though, some people are so high on him. I think he was yeah. fifty or so on my board. Uh, there was flashes of like he could be really good, but he also struggles to find the ball at times. Mm-hmm. He can get his footwork and technique can get messy, especially when he's facing more talented receivers with some more size to compete with his size and, and i mean this is a division that's um pretty loaded in terms of wide receivers yeah especially wide receivers yes and wide receivers with size um yeah. so that, uh, that he, he might have a really rough rookie yeah. yeah i do think see for me i think terrell like before the draft i think he ends up like a good number two corner yeah, and I, 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 like that's that's what I think he's gonna turn into, and I still do, and it, still taking that at sixteen is like, eh, especially when he's gonna get thrust right into corner like one. Yeah, two, that's the problem. Much. Like if you're gonna take him this early, it's just it's yeah. not a great spot for him because of the the what's there on that roster. Exactly. Uh, and then forty seventh, Marlon Davidson. I think this is kind of the opposite, where it's a high floor, low ceiling pick. I think this is a great fit again, though. Yes, for no, I I think he, it's fantastic in terms of fit. Really good mm-hmm. guy to have in that locker room too. Super high football character guy. Um, I think he'll find a role pretty quickly too. Uh, yeah, I, no, for, for sure. I think they got a role in mind. I was lower on Davidson than a lot of people were. So like, even then, it's like eh for me. But I do like the fit a lot. Yeah. Um, I just I just uh, like I, I think I had him somewhere in the eighties. Goes forty seven. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I don't hate this pick. Again, the fit kind of makes it interesting. Uh, I'd like to see him and Grady Jarrett playing beside each other on passing downs. I think we will see that. Yeah, and, like, I think it, it kind of makes that DeAndre and Sunat, uh pick even more likable, too, because he's such a much better just pure rundown guy. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I think we'll see him on the edge early downs, too. Davidson? Yeah. yeah, well, I'm interested to see if they're going to take advantage. Um, well, first of all, I don't know what weight they're going to have him play at because he played at so many different weights. Mm, yeah. And, and, like, just kind of see what... what I'm sure Dan Quinn just fell in love with the versatility in, yes, the, in the character. exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then 78, Matt Hennessy. I love it. I really like it, just especially when you look at what they... What they they've just... I think having him and if it's him and Chris Lindstrom at the guards with Alex Mack at center, like yeah, that's just a really nitty gritty, underrated athletic interior offensive line. Yeah, that's fine. I like I I think he's the third best of, um, interior offensive lineman immediately on that team. Like I know they paid Jamal Brown and <laughs> Carp baby. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do yeah. like I do think he should be starting really early but um i wonder if they're just letting him be the backup to alex mack and the eventual replacement yeah. I, I hope not i hope but not I, as well i think it'd be much cooler if he's playing playing some guard um, yeah like I, see i don't teams. i don't i think he should be playing like i don't think he's gonna starting guard week one but no uh, yeah, like but, halfway through the season i think like they're gonna be like fuck this and put a Hennessy in mm-hmm. and then the fourth round they go um uh, michael walker from fresno state uh, this was really Falcons-y. Yeah, it's fun. See, Michael Walker is like a guy I think we both kind of liked, but like this is too early. Yeah. For so a guy who who played like again versatility in the front seven, played some edge, played fun. some off ball, really high energy, aggressive, uh, linebacker, and like uh, there's a chance he's gonna be seen in the field really early with Devondre. And like I think they took him with. 
that in mind to like kind of develop to be mm-hmm. where Devondre Campbell was supposed to be. Yeah, I think so too. And it, like, it's an interesting pick. And like you said, really Falconsy, and I, another guy I think is gonna be really good on special teams. Um, it's just kind of weird. I thought it was too early. <laughs> and then J- Jalen Hawkins in the fourth round as well. I thought way too early. He's, Me too. I, I thought he was like pretty clearly the third or fourth best guy in that Cal secondary. I know he's got some length. Uh, he's an okay tackler. Uh, I I don't think he's a great athlete either. I don't know. Just not for me. There was like flashes where I liked Jalen Hawkins, but uh, again, at 134, this is uh, way too early. And then they took AJ's punter in the seventh. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. I like so. I appreciate how short he is. Yeah, he's crafty. I like him. Um, it's a it's a weird pick, but it's a fun pick. We're all for drafting punters. If you need a punter, draft one in the seventh round. That's a good one. I can live with it. Yeah. Yeah, in the seventh. Yeah, sure. Especially when you're getting to the two twenties and shit. Fuck it. Okay, Panthers. I give them a B plus. They went seven for seven on defense in Matt Rule's first draft with the Panthers. <laughs> uh yeah, I give them a B plus as well. Uh, I really respect that they just went only defense. Me too. And it was like a, it's a lot of good football players. So obviously, they got Derek Brown at seven. Uh, that pick just makes a lot of sense. I still would have taken Isaiah Simmons. I'm not gonna lie, but. Uh, I'm not surprised it was Derek Brown. Me neither. Um, he he again, the exact cornerstone of a yeah in terms of football character and high floor that you want to build around. Yeah, uh, their team who's probably can play three and four man fronts. He he's he, just he can play five nose three, uh, and one. Like he can play everything in the front. Like you said, he's just a perfect. Pick to start a regime like and, uh, and especially a team that wants to be defensively like, like they are going. Yeah, you know what I mean. Immediately makes their their run defense better. You get to stick him with Quan Short, who's at his best, um, focusing on pass rushing. So I think mm-hmm. that's another compliment. Like that makes him better. Yeah, um, he can absorb, uh, like eat. Sorry, he can eat space. I should say. Uh, for Shaq Thompson to come in, make some plays. Uh, no, I yep. think that's like he might not blow it away in terms of statistics as a rookie, but I think he's going to be immediately one of the like the best starting rookies. I agree, he's going to be impactful. Like again, like you said, uh, maybe it's not stats, but you're going to notice his impact every week on the field. And then second round they go Yitter Grossmatas, the Penn State edge, who I don't love, but I think it's a good compliment to Brian Burns. Uh, I. I- and at 38, like, I'm fine with it. Yeah, him. brings more size, opposite burns, uh, really good with his hands. I think he's got uh, underrated ability to become a, a very good uh, edge setter because of the power mm-hmm. he can play with at times at, at the point of attack. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just think, like, now you've got your D-line is set. It's Kwan Short. It's Derek Brown. It's Brian Burns. It's, and it's Yuter Grossmatas. It looks good. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, like maybe some just depth around it up because they've lost a lot of that the last couple well, of years. They, but... they, they got out, they got Brevi and Roy later in the draft. <laughs> it's true. He finally got his, his Baylor guy. But for sure, yeah, that like that's a good and mostly four. young four. Yeah. yeah, it's it's exciting for the future. And then 64, they miss out on Isaiah Simmons, so they come back mm-hmm. and get Jeremy Chin at 64. I love this pick. He was the day two version of Isaiah Simmons with his, yep. his six threes, 225. He's an elite athlete. He can he he moved around at Southern Illinois. Uh, I'm interested to see how they use him. I hope we see him being used as a chess piece, getting up around the last scrimmage, blitzing him. Yeah, he's wearing 21, which is swag as hell. It is. <laughs> so uh, it, it's gonna be hard to judge that um, how we feel about that until we see the role he's playing. But I I just I love those. For, I think those first three picks, it's just kind of setting the culture. We want to be a tough yeah. like they spent. Money on the offensive free agency, and they use draft capital on the defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they do have like n- nothing at safety, so he might just end up being a traditional strong safety role. But I, I hope not. I don't think they're going to just stick him there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be seeing the field a lot early. So. Fourth round, Troy Pride, a guy who could also see the field pretty early. Um, yeah. Big time athletic upside, struggles to find the ball. Techniques a little all over the place at times. Mm-hmm. Had a big senior bowl. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him competing to, to start uh, outside corner or nickel. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like their the secondary is only... really bad, eh? 
It is. You, you know, you didn't really think about it until you really look at it. Yeah. yeah. It's like outside of Dante Jackson, you don't trust uh, anyone. Like Trey, Trey Boston and Dante Jackson are yeah. the only for sure starters. Yeah. And now yeah. I would say Jeremy Chin and Troy Pride join that group. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then fifth round, they go to the secondary again with our first ever XFL draft pick, Kenny Robinson. I like this. Like 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 you we just said, not too much of safety. Like so behind Trey Boston, just betting on his potential upside. I, I think him and Jeremy Chin, like the what they do complements each other well. Yeah, if they both like I think Chin's gonna pan out, but like if Robinson pans out too, that's that could be a hell of a duo. Like I like Robinson as that single high type using yeah. that range, those ball skills. He's not a great tackler, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like I expect him to have to no. play early, but no. uh, I'm happy he isn't, and it's it's kind of a good spot because like if he does step up, he's gonna be seeing the field like year two, right? And year then, three maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think Brady and Roy really safe pick. Matt played yeah. for Matt Rule. Uh, just nose tackle, which is a true blue nose tackle, just space mm-hmm. eater who can provide some depth. And then Stanley Thomas Oliver in the seventh. That's a, a some length, makes sense, some upside. Yeah, you're you know you're betting on a solid athlete, decent athlete. Right before Bo Pete Keys, didn't he? I don't love that. I'm gonna say it. I, I don't love that either. But it's, it's again, it's in the two twenties, whatever. Uh, okay, onto the Saints, who only had four picks, but they maneuvered a lot. Had the funniest pick of the whole draft. Honestly, the Saints might have won the draft. Uh, I give them a minus. I give them a B plus. Okay, but you're sleeping on Tommy Stevens. <laughs> they lost a minus because of Tommy Stevens. So today they cut Larry Warford uh, yeah. because the draft Caesar was 24th, the best interior offensive lineman in the class. I'm still interested to see who's moving a guard between him and Eric McCoy. I think it's Ruiz. I heard it's McCoy. Okay, I, I haven't heard anything on it. This is just my gut. Um, I, I my gut also says it's Reese. It just makes more sense, right? Like I would think so. But, but you f- know, you know what's funny though? I do think Reese is more of a natural center, and McCoy's more of a natural guard. Like they both can do both, but I, I think they make more sense. At the end right? of the, but they're, they're both really good athletes. Yeah. Um, who I mean, I'm I'm su- still surprised McCoy fell to where he did last year. Mm-hmm. Either way, their offensive line is really athletic. Ruiz is, I think, a really smart pick. We talked about it before. It's yeah. just you, you've got to continue like make sure you have the best offensive line in the league to protect Drew Brees because that's that's your Super Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, third round, they, they make two picks, two of my favorite picks. Wisconsin <laughs> linebacker Zach Bond at 74, Dayton tight end Adam Trotman at 105. Uh, both guys, that kind of interesting to see how much they're going to be on the field. And I think Bond's going to be are. on the field really early. I think him. I do too. Like, because for Alex Anzalone's always hurt, even though we love him. Our, our son, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our son. Kiko Alonso's <laughs> Kiko Alonso. Yep. Uh, and so I think Bond's a compliment to Demario Davis where you get a guy who can also, like, makes your front more interesting. I mean, if your three yep. linebackers are Demario Davis, Alex Anceloni, Zach Bond, like you could even have Zach Bond doing a little more pass rush because he's so good at it. Um, yeah, I wonder how much they're gonna just let him get after the quarterback. Yeah, I just uh, he, I wish I wish he's a little bigger and we could have seen him just do that. He's got so much natural bend and twitch. Yeah, I I do think he's like kind of right like as he is he's he's a perfect tweener. Yeah, like if there ever is a perfect tweener, I guess there is Imanucci, but yeah, yeah Lawrence Taylor. Perfect leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think he's his motor, his twitchy athleticism, his versatility. Like he's going to be playing early, especially because that linebacker core outside Demario Davis is either injured or not great. And again, it clearly was better than the seventy fourth pick in this draft. And, and, and Trotman at one hundred five, considering the tight ends that went ahead of him. And I just yeah, love this fit. Sure. You know, it's like how much do you think? First of all, they gave up the rest of their draft essentially to get up to get Troutman, which is really interesting. I I think this pick is really interesting. I like it a lot. Well, I'm just I, how I, much do you think he's going to see the field? Well, I love it because obviously we know like Jared Cook, he's yeah. well, he's getting up there in age, but he is still one of the more athletic tight ends in the league. Uh, who who can be a seam buster? Who can move around yep. a little bit? Obviously, Troutman can move around too. He's he's also got that ability to play in line, really good mm-hmm. uh, effort blocker. Like I think, just they complement each other well because they can both move around. They both have uh, like 
Cook's more of a deep threat tight end, where Trotman's more of wins with his route running and uh, yeah. his Over ability. Type of guy. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think, especially when you look at the, their wide receiver core, after uh, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, it's it's pretty unproven. Like, you want Traquan Smith to be this thing, but he hasn't been there. So maybe we see Trotman in a semi-large role as a rookie, especially because, like yeah. you said, they traded a lot together. Yeah, maybe it's Cook, you know, getting kicked outside, and uh, Troutman just playing the natural tight end role. Mm-hmm. And like, so yeah, I, I I could see like Troutman just dominating the red zone. Yeah, no, exactly. So I mean, I I kind of love that they were aggressive, especially at the Me end too. of the third there. Like, and go, like again, they they know they have a really talented roster yeah. in a Super Bowl window, so they yep. address big needs. They they do what they have to to get it, and they they take three studs. Yeah, fuck it. You can uh, you can. Kill those fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh round picks. Get, uh, when get, you're, get when, the king. <laughs> when you're rebuilding, yeah. Yeah, get the, just, get the king in the seventh round. Trade back in because the Panthers are going to sign Tommy Stevens undrafted. Sean Payton can't stand that, so he trades back in, gets Tommy Stevens, gives him a jersey number one just to make it even cooler. And now we've got the worst quarterback in college football history to ever get drafted on our team, but he's 6'5", 240. He's a bigger Taysom Hill. <laughs> I love this. I love this so. I have never laughed so hard at a draft pick. I, I love thinking like Sean Payton was so fucking pissed that he has to get him. Yeah, it's and the like best. I couldn't just wait for the Panthers to cut him. It's <laughs> the best. That QB um, room is like I will watch like Jameis, Tommy Stevens, Taysom Hill, and Drew Brees. I will watch whatever content you give me of those four hanging out. Yeah, fucking. Imagine me. Entourage, um, but it's them. <laughs> Who's who? Go. Okay, well, Drew's Vince. I, you, you know what? I I kind of think Jameis might be Vince. No, Jameis is J, Jameis is drama. <laughs> okay. Uh, T- Taysom, Tommy, Taysom's E. Yeah. Tommy mm-hmm, Stevens okay. is Turtle. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know. I think they're pretty flexible. Around they, the, no, they are. They certainly are. It, honestly, it changes by situation that they're in. Mm. That's a good point. Like, because uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill, if they're at, like, a Mormon thing, he's Vince. Yeah, well, pff, yeah. If they're ever playing in Utah for some reason, he's he's Vinny Chase. Um, what's, how, much, how much are we going to see Tommy Stevens being used in weird situations? No, he's going to be practice squad this year, right? Yeah, he's, he's not making this. He's when Taysom's the starter, Tommy's the Taysom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. It's so, I don't know. I, I hate it when, like, they took him and, like, well, first of all, like I love five minutes later, no, no, no. But Kuyper's trying to like justify him as like a, like a pure quarterback on the on the broadcast. Yeah, I know. Like he's clearly just a bigger Taysom Hill. Kuyper's talking about him like he should have won the fifth round. <laughs> like, like yeah, developmental arm. <laughs> okay, sick. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have a cannon. He's got an arm to develop. It's funny because he legitimately played some tight end at Penn State. Yeah, I know. Okay, but that was a too much Tommy. We talked more about Tommy Stevens than any other player today. Are we surprised? No, he's a fucking king. I'm ordering his jersey. <laughs> Tell me that's not hilarious. I'm gonna now. I have to. Okay, lock it in. Get the like the 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 throwback one. Oh, like good the, call. the the color rush. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Duh. Yeah. I'll get you one too. Okay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I give them an A minus. I give them an A minus too. Um. First of all, worst slip into them at 13. Absolute home run. Best case scenario. Absolutely. It's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. They need to see. He plugs (laughs) in right at right tackle. Yeah. Automatically makes your offensive line more. Like, the interior of their offensive line, I think, is really underrated. It is. Yeah. Uh, Ali Marpet's a pro bowler. Ryan Jensen's, I think, one of the most underrated centers in the league. Uh, I think Alex Kappa's going to win that other guard spot. And he can juggle. That's thank you, uh, and then you, you get Worfs, who's just a uh, tone setting, people throwing freak of an athlete. Uh, I think that's and awesome. Donovan Smith, the goat on the other the side. highest paid of the group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I would have been fine with the Bucks uh, trading up and securing one of these tackles. So for one of the any any one they of the did four. Trade so up. oh yeah, one spot. I forgot. Yeah, about hell that. yeah, they did. Doesn't make it's okay. Never mind. I'm, I, this is a terrible pick. I forgot. But anyways, I would have been fine with them having to go up into the top ten to get one of these guys. Yeah, so. I agree. So to get worse, who I think is a top ten player at thirteen at your biggest need, especially with the way this 
team has changed since last year. Like, yeah, that's five awesome. primetime games. Hell yeah. Uh, and then 45th, they get Antoine Winfield Jr. DB's, o- this too. DB's always a need for the Bucks, <laughs> But he can either play safety or nickel for them. The mm-hmm. Bulls was and Arians were with uh, Honey Badger in Arizona. Like, that's what he's going to be doing for them, I, I think. I think he's just going to make the rest of the DBs better. Like, I think he's the glue back there. He's uh, the, the the quarterback of that secondary. They need the guy yeah. with the – like, and he's obviously – he's a great athlete too, but they needed that, mm-hmm. like, that dude who just – he never misses a tackle. He's always in the right place. His instincts are off the chart because they got so much athleticism back there with the way they've drafted yeah. DBs of, as of late. So to get that quarterback of the secondary, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I think he's gonna like exactly like just step up, be that quarterback, be the glue, and like uh, yeah, they've spent a thousand day two picks the last four years on DBs. I think he's just gonna elevate them all. Like like really, the highest level of play we've seen from any of them was Jamel Dean last year for a three week span. For a three week span, that he was one of the better DBs in the league, maybe. But yeah, um, so I don't. I think I think he's just gonna make the whole group pick better. I, I think this is a great pick. And then third round, kind of surprising, the Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think this is all about they wanted a safe back. Yeah, uh, a guy who they can trust to pass protect, catch the football. Um, just kind of a one cut and hit it guy. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was a, like a little early, but like, like you said, I do I too. Just like, like, they knew they needed to add to running back. Tom Brady needs a running back he can trust. I mean, look at the history of Tom Brady. Like, he needs that yeah. running back he can trust to pass, protect, and catch the football. And yeah. as much as I, I absolutely love Ronald Jones, he is, like, you don't trust him. Like, when he <laughs> when he's on, the flashes are so bright, but he could also, like, I mean, just watch a Bucks game. <laughs> not to not to jump ahead here too, but I I kind of like this pick a little more when they double down with Raymond Calais, like a guy that just a, a little more boomer bust, like a return man a, upside too. Return man, yeah. So I, I, I like that. Like, I like that threesome of running backs where I think all three of them can find a role for this team. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, uh, like when you look at it, the grand scheme of things, I think the Vaughn pick makes sense. It's just like in the vacuum of seventy six, I don't like it. But yeah, when you when you go big picture, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He, he, it's funny that he's a rookie because it feels like he's a veteran type of running back you need that you yeah. can just trust. Like he's yeah, not he, his floor is really high, his ceiling's not that high, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he's kind of like Marlon Mack, to be honest. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And then also in the fifth round, they get our boy Tyler Johnson, which just makes it even like it all look even better. A whole run slam dunk. Need that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's a call a callback. Um, <laughs> they needed a third, like a a guy to compete for that third receiver spot. You get him in Tyler Johnson, a guy who's who's perfect as um, that X slot type with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, really underrated, or not not even underrated route runner, just a really good route runner. Really, really good route runner. Really great release. Awesome through contact. Has the drops at times, and that and the overall athleticism isn't great. But like this, the type of receiver we've seen Brady thrive with. Yeah, exactly. And like to get him, I, I mean, yeah, I know we were so much higher on him than we knew the NFL was. But to get even even in outside of that, to get him in the fifth round is is fantastic. And I agree. I think he's clearly the third best receiver on that roster. I know there was a uh, the Justin Watson truthers and hopers out there. Hey, I I still got some Scotty Miller stock. Yeah, like behind Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Justin Watson aren't bad. Hey, John Franklin's on the roster too. But uh, yeah, I think he plugs in as your third receiver. This is my favorite group of receivers in the NFL. It's, dude, uh, it's fucking sick. I mean, who doesn't love Mike Evans? Uh, Chris Godwin, I think we both were in love with him coming out of Penn State. And Tyler Johnson, same shit, so. Hell yeah. And then sixth round, they take Khalil Davis. Um, Why not? The more athletic of the Davis brothers, even though they're both great athletes. I lo- uh, yeah, this is this is perfect value, really big upside mm-hmm. because the athleticism, a guy who can who, who can play kind of all over in three, uh, three-man front. Like, he can play nose, he can play five, he can play three, he can play one. So you're just getting some depth with big athletic upside. Exactly. He's like the, ty- the perfect type of guy to bet on when you're getting to the sixth round, and it's like... You're not stopping a slide. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, with the 2-7th, Chappelle Russell, I think that's just a pure special teams temple tough. Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. temple ties. 
Uh, and and yeah. Todd Bowles has Temple Ties. Uh, and then Ray McClist, which is a really interesting pick. Like you mentioned, the like the return man upside, the athleticism, kind of in that the similar frame to some of those scatty backs Brady's played yeah. with in the past. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians said he's a smaller David Johnson. Like no, like he actually said that. He actually said, "I'm not even making that up." Like I'm pretty sure I didn't you. make that up. I might have made that up. I don't know now. That that sounds like something he would say in one of your dreams, though. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't make it. I'm googling it. <laughs> I I believe you. I'm I don't saying, believe me. I I could see you being having a dream of being at a Bruce Arians press conference like you do every night. Ah, I know uh, it's real. It's real. Smaller <laughs> but faster, David Johnson. Oh shit. So he's TJ Logan 2.0. <laughs> I wish David Johnson was still good. I, he I might be Bill O'Brien genius. When David Johnson was good, he was so much fun. For that season and a half. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Don't pay running backs. No, that's that's uh, that's the moral of the story every single episode we do. Literally. So join- Especially when you can get a smaller, faster one in the, in the seventh round. Yeah, so join us next week when we finish up draft grades with the AFC West and AJ's precious NFC West. (laughs) Uh, For the time being, enjoy a book, drink a beer, stay safe.